All right, back to work here, finishing up Summer League. We didn't get to many of the top prospects, but now we're going to get a chance to do that with the Detroit Pistons, Danny. And let's begin with Jaden Ivey. Absolutely. And I was there for both of Jaden Ivey's appearances, though one of them was regrettably short. He actually had a really good first five minutes against the Wizards and then got patchouli shooting a three and never played in Summer League again. Doesn't seem like it was a serious thing, but the Pistons wanted to be cautious there. And so overall for Ivy, you know, it's saying he averaged 15 and a half points a game understates a little bit because a lot of that was was in the first contest. I, I think with especially somebody with that limited a sample size, it's not really about the statistics. It's about how did they look? And I thought Ivy looked pretty good. Yeah, I would say of the guys that we did film on who actually were able to play any significant amount, he exceeded my expectations more than just about anyone. I thought his passing off the pick and roll was good. He had a couple of nice alley-oops. One opened the game against Portland uh, to Jalen Duran for a a huge dunk. His spot-up jumper was maybe a little bit better than I thought it would be. His footwork looked to have improved getting his feet set quickly as we saw at Purdue it seemed like the ball either went in or was just an atrocious miss yeah um what what else do you see from Ivy I thought that Ivy's feel was better than I anticipated but not dramatically so you know as you mentioned that past adjourn like when he got a little bit of an advantage he was generally looking around and was trying to make the right read and had a couple of really nice ones to Duran I thought that his first step looked very good not elite but very good and so you know that that that's a positive and I actually thought he looked the best best he looked to me was that very beginning of that Wizards game he had a, a couple of nice drives one of which became an and one and then had a comfortable looking three and honestly with with Ivy at times it's more just like how comfortable does he look with the shot rather than whether it goes in or not because whether he's playing off ball next to Cade Cunningham or he's just kind of within the flow the, the facility with which Jaden Ivey shoots threes is going to be an important part of it and then defensively I thought he was totally credible yeah I thought he he looked pretty decent getting over screens out top uh back to his offense so I think he just looked comfortable in pick and roll he had a couple of splits that looked pretty good still doesn't finish well with the left or on the left side there are a couple of times where he got going to the rim tried to finish it on the right side that didn't go as well we didn't really see much in the way of anything from mid-range for him it was basically just get all the way to the basket or shoot the jumper from three and we didn't really see much attacking there uh shooting the three off the dribble as much necessarily uh but he threw a couple of really nice left-handed passes out of pick and roll i thought that when he tried to attack guys that were more in his class athletically like keon johnson for example that didn't go as well like keon was able to cut him off a couple of times so i am interested to see what it looks like against nba athletes we've also said oh well wait till he gets nba spacing but he's might be the new rj barrett in that respect yeah i mean depending on what lineups Dwayne Casey goes to but yeah that that could be a potential problem there I mean we saw Duran and Isaiah Stewart play a fair amount here and then you think about all the the bigs that were not on the that the Pistons can go to that don't reliably space the floor with Bagley and numerous others in, in there as well but so with Ivy I would say yeah I mean you talked about how he, he was higher than your expectations by the most of anybody for me kind of for parallel reasons that was Keegan Murray because you were lower on Ivy and I was lower on Murray still reasonably high on on both in my opinion but Murray I I thought that he kind of popped a little bit more but with Ivy I would say he was a better version of the same player I thought he was 
not somebody like where you just go, oh, this is just it's going to work at a different level or anything else. But that's still very positive. Yeah, I think Ivy looked as good as he reasonably could have looked based on what we saw in film beforehand. I wish we could have gotten a, a full summer league to see get a maybe a little bit better of an impression of whether the jump shot was real and, and whether he could show a little bit more advanced creation in pick and roll. But with the opportunities that were available to him due to the injury, he did everything that you could have wanted him to do. I would say Jalen Duran is their number 13 overall pick. Remember they traded for him by taking on Kemba Walker and giving up the 2025 Milwaukee pick they got in the Jeremy Grant deal. And I think probably the biggest thing that stuck out to me is just how much Duran you know, was as advertised in terms of his physical profile. I was really impressed with him changing ends, both offense to defense and defense to offense. It created some transition opportunities for the Pistons, just running the floor really hard. And that was, you know, just wind sprinting is not the whole story. I thought that Duran, he had some impressive vertical athletic plays, including a nasty block in that Blazers game where yeah, you could just like I think it was Brandon Williams who he just got a floater at the corner of the backboard where you're like oh man this guy just came out of nowhere on this play at one point I I had I have it in my notes of just like he tried a few jumpers and I just wrote is that something he did at Memphis so I looked it up and not particularly during he did take 22 jump shots so it was about 11 percent of the shots at Memphis they did not go in at a particularly high rate and use the studio space try things out for Duran. I didn't think mechanically his jump shot looked especially great but it's summer league see if you have it no problem there yeah I certainly didn't see anything in some of his self-creation attempts to indicate that he's on the path to being a guy that you're gonna run offense through other than pick and roll and some quick duck-ins and stuff uh, but he is only 18 and that's the other thing to remember for him I mean yeah when he gets up for some of these alley-oop dunks or finishes around the rim where uh, he's in position he will just absolutely crush some of these now I think he really could stand to get stronger in his core I mean again he's 18 so that's not a surprise you'd see sometimes where when he would try to just attack on like a, a quick attack uh, receiving the ball in the mid-range he'd go back to a spin move and there was one play where he faked out the defense but was like so out of control that he almost went spinning into the baseline and had to recover and then the defense forced to miss his touch on non-dunks was not particularly impressive to me that's something he's going to need to work on more on the defensive end four blocks in 61 minutes so that's a totally fine number he was playing next to isaiah stewart a fair amount early on in summer league and they were doing a lot of switching one through five and definitely looks like a guy who might be able to do some of that at some point i mean it's very early on obviously in his development uh now the problem i thought in terms of his switching was he doesn't really have any kind of a feel for if he switched on to a perimeter player or a shooting big of when to help when to stay close to his man when he would help his closeouts he had no technique on that he would just get blown by or give up the jumper immediately so if he is going to be in this switching system that'll be something that he has to work on more as an off-ball guy guarding smaller players or perimeter players but uh, you know I think uh, I don't see a future superstar here but I 
do think he could be a center who is solidly above average on both ends i thought he played hard you know that a guy with this sort of athleticism and size who plays hard i mean you're just going to have a career you're going to have a career and i also was one play that i i think it was in the portland game that really stood out to me with duran was he actually did have a nice pass to a cutting braxton key and you're like oh look at that like a nice little piece of recognition and with duran i want to see what it looks like you know a year or two from now because these physical tools and as you mentioned in the switching part if he can develop that part of the mental game we didn't watch him on film i don't know exactly what he was asked to do defensively by penny at memphis but it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't a ton of this kind of stuff so if he can get there or kind of the flow within the offense but he plays hard he has good physical tools and i you know he, he doesn't have imposing length but he has the physical capability of being scheme versatile which i really like and it's it's a stark difference between duran and williams mark williams who we talked about the last time we did a summer league breakdown where williams he does one thing defensively better than duran does anything but his capability to do things other than that looked a little bit shaky and so that comparing inevitably those two players are going to be compared over the next few years because they were functionally one was chosen over the other and i would say preliminarily i'm pro duran in that but there's still a lot a lot that we need to learn yep i would agree with that assessment um, let me, let me, yeah, yeah, I was going to say with, with Killian Hayes, um, he only ended up playing in one game and I, I, I thought that there were times it, you know, he had, I think it was like seven and four in that game where he looked a little bit more comfortable with the ball in his hands, still super duper left-handed dominant. And what Hayes does best, not a surprise for a limited on-ball creator is that he does pretty well in transition when that advantage created by context rather than by Killian Hayes. But I didn't see anything in that exceedingly small sample to make me think anything different than what I said late last year, which was you don't make him a developmental priority for your team if you can get him minutes that aren't shaking things for anything else. And he improves by all means. You can do that. But Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, to an extent, Duran and the others, those are your priorities. Killian Hayes, he gets minutes at the periphery. Yeah, you know that the point guard is not on the path to superstardom when your point guard is drafted in the top 10 is not on the path to superstardom when, you know, the local media starts trumpeting how good he is on defense. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's great, but he, he wasn't drafted in the top 10 to be a good let's, defender at the let, let's, let's say that we're, at times there were similar stories said and written about Dante Exum. Dante Exum, Jalen Suggs. Markel Fultz. Oh, God. Oh, God. Lonzo was, I mean, Lonzo is on his path to be the best of any of those guys at this point, but, you know, certainly his rookie and, year. And some of them are like good defenders. It's just that that's not how you're going to make, you're going to make a star yeah. career. It's it's that you become a solid role player at best yeah. in most of it, those it's circumstances. It's the point guard version of he runs the floor like a deer. Sure. <laughs> so do you want to go to, which Isaiah do you want to do next? Livers or Stewart? Well, Stewart, really, it seemed like the point of this for him was to come in and try to play the four and just get a feel for that and see what it looked like and you know his spot up three looked better than it had and he really had a big shooting regression last year there were some nascent signs of that his rookie year and 
given the number of bigs on the roster it does seem as though perhaps the plan will be to play him more at the four this year and they also wanted to see him switch on the perimeter which is something that i think has been underrated about his game i thought that looked pretty good and you know he didn't do as much on the offensive glass because he was playing more on the perimeter you know i think it was just good for him to come in be part of the group practice etc i didn't really see other than hey you know the jump shot looks a little bit better i don't really have many takeaways from what did he play two games he played two games and then isaiah livers who who got some time for them last year yeah. came out and, of michigan and actually here we, we got a request on this on twitter which i think is a good one for these guys who people may not be as familiar with to kind of remind of like what position they are their physical sure. profile he's kind of a combo forward six seven eight eight standing reach six nine wingspan uh measured 230 at the combine last year yeah and livers i've been intrigued by him i mean he pl- didn't take a ton of them last year we you know 64 total threes with the pistons and didn't play much for their g league team but he made them at a, at a over 40 percent rate and he shot over 40 percent at michigan as well again not on the highest volume in part because you know he was he wasn't featured necessarily within that michigan offense either I think he could play, and I thought it was telling that James Edwards, who I respect a lot, sorry about him potentially starting for these Pistons when you consider all of the other resources that they have thrown into the front court. I think that Livers plays reasonably hard. He can actually shoot, which this team needs in the worst way from that spot. So I, I like him. I, I think of Livers right now. You know, this is going to be his age 24 season as more of a rotation player than starter, but a potentially rotation capable wing. Hard to find. Well, he was drafted in the second round. I, I'm not sure how much of a wing he really is defensively like I do think of him as maybe more of a four but certainly to stick at this level like he is going to have to show some switchability and probably even a, a build, you know, when I say this level when you're talking about him potentially starting or something like that uh he's going to need the ability to at least you know do a credible job on some of the bigger wing threats I don't know if he has the athleticism to get there and doesn't really have you know elite size for, even for a three not to mention a four as far as his offensive game operated mostly in the two games he played as a shooter I think he only took five shots inside the arc I didn't think any of them were particularly impressive he doesn't have a ton of pop around the basket or anything like he could definitely shoot the ball from the outside you know is he gonna be a Davis Bertans level of shooter like okay let's see but he seems like a credible shooter for a stretch four type of guy uh there were a few times that his feet looked pretty impressive but also you know i want to see that particularly given the position that he might have to be playing i want to see that actually against you know real nba players uh, rather than summer leaguers but I, I think he defensively he showed what he could have done in this setting i you know i didn't really see enough from him to be like oh yeah this guy screams nba starter for me maybe it says more that uh, this is might almost be revolt of the coaching staff to start him when they they have these billion other centers and quote-unquote power forwards on this team who can't shoot for Dwayne Casey to start livers might all be kind of like all right I'm gonna just start this guy who's maybe a little bit under talented and plays hard just because he can't shoot because you haven't given me anybody else at the four position who can guard the four and shoot at all and our team just isn't gonna work without it so I, I think it's really more about that than that you know I'm just so in love with Isaiah livers game but maybe he'll prove me wrong if he does get this type of 
of an opportunity. I just want to briefly with Braxton Key, uh, ended the year on the two-way with the Pistons after starting it on the Sixers, six eight forward. And I like that he he plays with intensity and makes things happen. And I wondered how is his jump shot? The answer is hasn't been great historically. I mean, he shot around thirty percent. I was actually below thirty percent on threes. On, with Delaware in the G League last year and then wasn't a great three-point shooter in college, either at UVA or at Bama. So I, you know, as a player in your kind of on a two-way contract, totally fine. I, I'm intrigued, but this is going to be his age 25 season. You, you're going to need to do a lot of things well if teams won't defend you as a shooter. And so I'm fine with rolling the dice on him, but I'm, you know, I, and I like what I, what I saw. I'm like, hey, this guy looked good. Yeah, he was 6 out of 17 from 3 in his 5 games, so was shooting a few more of them. And I just thought he you did see him out there. You know, yes. he plays hard, he's rugged, uh, made plays ar- around the basket in transition, sticks his nose in. So if he can work out the shot, and you mentioned he is 25 already, but if he could work out the shot, I think he could have a career. I, I did uh, like some of the things that, that he was able to do. Uh, all right, so are you ready for our 20-minute Buddy Beheim breakdown now? Is on a two-way with you? guys no, no. I, I didn't do any work on him uh Saban Lee he's still Saban Lee you know I think he's gotten more aggressive with this shot at times but he still kind of shoots that shot put off of his shoulder and, I mean the, the reason Saban yeah. Lee was efficient in summer league is because he got to the line I think it was like 17 times in 50 minutes like he got to the line yeah. a ton. and then again summer league competition he'll do that I he didn't pop to me in I, I've liked Saban Lee at other points in time you know these point guards who are good good at handling and shaky at shooting sometimes I can have an affinity for but the and and you know so he was better than let's say like Sharif Cooper or some of these some of these other guys but like I didn't think oh yeah definitely an NBA backup one right now like I didn't see that yeah. watching same and, and I think I mean physically I think he's there we've or at least I have compared him to that kind of TJ McConnell kind of point guard who can't really shoot but comes in really juices the pace and transition defends but I think the thing that Lee really is lacking to get to that type of a level is actually his vision out of the pick and roll is not that good like he will kind of just put his head down sometimes and, and you know does not make great decisions so that that's one thing that i think may be holding him back from getting to that level and we'll see I, he definitely is like you know he'll come in and even try to dunk on people sometimes like i do like his athleticism and how hard he plays and the way he juices the pace but it, he is a tough fit he's either gonna have to get better as a shooter or better as a passer i think to stick going forward we ready to move on to the Rockets? Yeah, let's get started here and begin with the number three overall pick, Jamar, Jab, uh, Jamari, Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith averaged 14 and a half points, nine and a half rebounds, about a steal and a half and a block and a half, 30 minutes per game with the Rockets. And he played in five contests. And, and for me, you know, I was higher on Smith than you were. This was definitely a concerning summer league. He didn't show the capacity to really create many advantages offensively and I think that in many ways is the bigger concern it's just you know like he you know took overall in summer league 27 threes only made seven of those but also didn't do a great job finishing from two he was 45 percent on twos 19 of 42 and wasn't you know getting a ton of assists or he had more turnovers than assists though neither one of those was particularly high and he showed some defensive stuff we'll talk about that in a second but the unlike some of the other high-end prospects that we'll talk about 
the theory of the the theory of the case for Jabari Smith in his summer league appearance did not really come to fruition. Yeah, the, there are a lot of specifics with him I'd like to get into, but I, I mean the biggest thing watching him that stuck out to me is just that he confirmed my fears that he just doesn't really have a great feel. He doesn't really know how to play at this stage, and he is a, a younger guy. He's the youngest of those guys who are being considered in the top three of the draft. So surely that can be improved. You know, he did average I think the two assists a game at Auburn. We didn't really see anything in terms of like passing vision for him here. You know, if he he had nine assists, but it was mostly just you know passing it to the next guy on the perimeter type of plays. Well, Nothing really special. Go ahead. And I want to connect something that I didn't connect in the film. You did a little bit more, which is we've talked a lot about the kind of the fluidity or lack thereof in Jabari mentally. You know, the idea that he didn't have great feel. He was also more rigid as an athlete than I had yeah. I had expected. And that is in, in some ways a bigger concern because when you're comparing him to other like NBA athletes, if he's looking stiff, if he's not moving super great, it takes away a potential competitive advantage. At least now, temporarily. I will, I, I will say this. Like he he basically played center for this team and he looked pretty big out there. He had sure. a, a fair number of shot blocks. I, I wouldn't say his help instincts were amazing, but when he was in position, he was definitely able to affect guys basically right in line with his college block numbers. Seven blocks in about 150 minutes or so. So not amazing numbers, but w- was able to do something there. Didn't really have much pop, I thought, as a leaper, whether it was finishing around the basket or even rising up off the dribble as well um but yeah he does look big out there he kind of has that cultish feel to him where maybe it could look a lot better as he grows into his body but he doesn't have the kind of fluidity of some of the other guys that we've seen of that ilk your brandon ingrams your Giannis's guys who are you can tell that they have just a natural feel for moving around on the court scoring stepping around guys you know that's not jabari smith to me now maybe he could just get so big that he could just play center you know and maybe that is what could make him pretty valuable as a guy you can switch block some shots and then also you know be a pretty good shooter on the other end i thought his jumper i mean and you talked about how bad some of those numbers were with the 7 to 27 from 3 10 out of 38 overall on jump shots in the half court i thought his jumper looked bad more flat than i expected and yeah, really and, flat and yeah i mean even just like shooting in warm-ups I, I think it was the second game i really watched him in jump in warm-ups and just like he's not drilling these you know it, it wasn't a, a circumstance kind of like that and you know there were comparisons at times to to some somebody like KD because it's like a guy who could shoot so well it didn't look as good coming off of of Smith's hands and so yeah it's another another way that we'll have to keep an eye and, but when his makes went in they looked amazing like you see it coming off like he had some yeah. I think it was a but base. he's like lasering these things in right like it's not it's not like a pure switch it's like no hits the back rim and like slams down through the basket yes that's um, true and and so yeah it was it was a concern and I thought of Smith mostly in the in the film work we did but also in summer league as defensively a four you're you're right that if he can play the five that does open up a lot of different things for whatever team has him at that moment in time presumably the Rockets for the foreseeable future but yeah and and him struggling you know being below expectations in summer league whether those expectations were as higher like mine or lower like yours you know being the third pick I think that puts a little less heat on him the Rockets are not trying to do a whole heck of a lot this year but the we're going to be keeping a closer eye on the flashes like you you know he got these extended minutes in summer league didn't make the most of them it's far 
from a death sentence for his career, but it does mean he's going to be starting from a lower point than I hope. couple other notes, 47% true shooting overall, and I mentioned that he was 10 out of 38 on jump shots. This continued the disturbing pattern from college, and let's not forget, like, he's playing the five here, right? So, and, and yeah, they had Tari Eason, who's not a great shooter. Like, they had a few other guys who weren't great shooters, but he's still being guarded by opposing power forwards or even centers at times, and still 38 jump shots in the half court, nine shots around the basket. And when he did try to post up, he was one out of eight on post-ups as well. Most of those were more in that mid-post area. And I think the other thing that stuck out to me too, Danny, was he didn't have very high usage and there weren't other guys on this team where it's like, oh, we're they are going to be the priority, right? It's not like Jalen Green played in this. It was Tari Eason and then you know a bunch of guys who were drafted quite a bit lower out there with him. And he wasn't, he just didn't look to have a way to generate shots at the way you're talking about. And so, yeah, he had 27% usage in college and I think it was 22 here. And, but to get to that 22, he had to take a lot of bad shots and miss them. He did and wasn't getting a ton in transition or anything else. So yeah, yeah. that, that was a concern. There are a few other things to, that I noted a couple of times his footwork off the catch attacking closeouts could look better where he ripped through and like really took a big first step sideways you almost always to his left and was able to turn the corner most of the time though i thought his footwork was a little jumbled off the catch would allow the defense to catch up you know it wasn't like a tight just one step and go he would have to put his right foot behind him push off then go left and and that just wasn't fast enough wasn't really covering the ground enough uh, on those plays so really just he had one nice drive past Paolo, but then Paolo blocked him from behind. Another time he was able to get there and finish, but the finishing around the rim overall wasn't particularly impressive to me. Like he's not really going to go up and dunk on people unless he just has a massive head of steam to go up off of two feet. So yeah, this is one of those ones where I had concerns about him coming in. And I, I think I had him, I want to say like fifth on my board. And every single one of those concerns was... I don't want to say validated, but given more ammo by the summer league performance defensively too, he, you know, I thought it was good moving his feet. Like, yeah, he's got some pretty good mobility. I I don't think again, he's going to be this like game changing defender, but he might be able to guard his position and, you know, we'll see if he puts on some weight, if he can guard fives, but yeah, he might be okay guarding threes and fours, switching on to smaller players. I'm not sure though, that he's got that kind of quick twitch to recover, get a good contest against like some of the better mid-range scores but uh, i could easily be wrong on that maybe that's where defense is just so hard to evaluate for guys this age at, at this stage one other quick thing i'll mention is that jabari smith had a good rip through move at auburn he had a couple nice moments with that here as well yeah yeah so tari eason 17th pick out of lsu this is the pick that houston got from the james harden trade from brooklyn one of many of course and Easton has that you know I guess he's from a size standpoint about the size of a normal three I felt like defensively Danny he was about as advertised at least as much as you could show against this level of competition I agree and Easton someone that I saw a little bit of watching incidentally is now teammate Jabari Smith because I watched an LSU Auburn game and I thought that Easton did he intrigued me because he had these nice physical tools he plays with a lot of intensity something we saw in the G League as well 
I thought he moves his feet reasonably well defensively. I would say he, he kind of has better footwork than athleticism in a weird way, but he has good length. And the question for me, you know, starting with, with Eason was if the jumper goes with any consistency, I think he'll be a, a good a good player. It was will it and Eason ended up in five contests. He took twenty or sorry, he took twenty-one threes and made seven of those. So that's about one third. Frequency's not too bad there. And he made thirty-six percent his last year, his second year at LSU, and then the previous year at Cincy basically on a low volume and didn't take many at Cincy the year before. I don't love the mechanics or like how Eason's jump shot looks, but you know, and we always talk about how the three and D guys, you know, both parts of that can be shaky, but I'm fine rolling the dice on guys like Tari Eason a lot. Yeah, his athleticism is solidly above average. Good strength, which I think will really turn into a, a big plus for him, you know, guarding that threes and fours combo forward size. You know, he is 21 already, so because you mentioned he had a little bit more of an itinerant college career. And also, like you brought up defending threes and fours, I liked some of what he did defending off ball as well. You know, like just oh, yeah. like pa- like passing, like, like just as an overall defender, Eason has a lot of tools. Yeah, nine steals and five blocks in his five games and was able to make plays in the passing lanes. Like one example was at the end of a quarter, the opponent went to a pick and pop and they put two on the ball in their pick and roll coverage. And Eason was able to come up from the baseline and intercept the pass to the pop man and get a a pick six the other way. You know, the jump shot you mentioned, my thoughts on it is it could get to be passable in time. We just don't know at this point. He kind of slingshots it off his shoulder a little bit it's not the best arc on it it's a little flat so definitely not a guy who's a natural shooter but in that houston system he'll have chances to shoot him and they'll bear with him over the next couple years as we see whether he can make enough of them or not what did you think of the rest of his offensive game outside of the spot up shooting i thought it was okay didn't really see easton make too many standout passes which would be a really nice complimentary skill you know the kind of get into the two dribbles and a good decision stuff but he he puts his head down which for he does ill he does um but i liked some you know eason applies his athleticism reasonably well as a finisher and that could be good you know the the idea of if he gets it in an advantage situation maybe it's from the dunker spot or something else I liked that part of his offensive game reasonably well. Yeah, and you mentioned the dunker spot. Like, he's got some pop. He can get up for some alley-oops if needed. You know, he will. He is a powerful downhill driver. It's mostly right hand. He doesn't really have a lot of fluidity and change of direction. You know, he'll sometimes he'll euro step, but he'll just euro step right into the guy's chest and just kind of knock him back and have to throw up an awkward floater. So certainly I don't think anybody who's ever going to be an on-ball guy. It might be the sort of guy who can duck in on occasion, get you some offensive rebounds along the baseline and if you do close out on him drive strong to the basket with his right hand good transition player runs the floor well so I, I think he was exactly what was expected at this time you'd see a lot of defensive potential we don't know what it's going to look like actually as a one-on-one defender against the best players in the nba and you know that is kind of what he's being drafted to be but certainly as an off-ball guy i mean some of the the, the combination of steals and blocks numbers were up there among the best that we've seen in college and you could clearly see that talent in this setting the other thing i've talked about this with you talked about this with sam bassini over the years i why i like taking players like tari eason in the you know late lottery or technically he wasn't in the lottery is that 
a lot more valuable if he can defend at a good enough level to actually start or close games, if you can get that from Eason. But somebody who can defend and run the floor hard, who's six foot eight, can be in your rotation. And you those minutes, if you don't have them, it's not as severe as point guard, but you can get something out of him as long as he can functionally play. And I think Eason is going to meet that threshold pretty much immediately. What did you make of your guy, Josh Christopher's summer league? Ah... Uh, he definitely had the ball in his hands a fair amount. I mean, uh, overall usage rate, 32.3% was by far the most on the team. Also, we didn't mention this. Tari Eason, higher usage than Jabari Smith, which was surprising when they were both on the floor. And Christopher, the thing that he did best was get to the free throw line. 24 free throw attempts in about 81 minutes of action. And he looked more confident with the ball in his hands. You know, had a couple, you know, got, got to those fouls in some good ways. But the bigger issue is Josh Christopher is going to have to defend well and he's going to have to make threes unless he can be a primary ball handler. And I don't think he has that skill set right now. And he only took eight three pointers in 81 minutes and he only made one of those eight. And it's and he I thought he defended reasonably well, you know, like as a complimentary type of guy. But it's it's hard to make where he is right now work if your team is actually trying to be good. Yeah, I think he's was kind of recast as he was brought in last year, you know, since he'd been an on-ball guy at the lower levels of, hey, we need you to be more of a defender. And he does have that physical profile. I thought he embraced that challenge reasonably well in summer league. The three-point shooting was 30% last year during the NBA season. And, and you mentioned the one of eight this year, but this was a chance for him to work on ball a little bit more. He did have three assists per game, which was okay. The pick and roll numbers were Saudi he just he really likes to get out in transition he was a good fit for this group that really got out in transition quite a bit as well so you, you do wonder and this is one of those things where if Christopher were one of the only couple of young guys that a team was developing maybe there'd be a thought that he would get more on ball reps and could develop the way he was supposed to be a prospect back in his high school days as really someone that you'd put the ball in his hands and he still has the ability you know pretty good off the dribble for his size it's kind of halfway between a shooting guard and a three and has pretty good athleticism can rise up from the mid-range with variable results you mentioned he got to the foul line a lot he's a got pretty good strength for a guy who doesn't turn 21 until december so I do think there's something here. You know, he's just another one of these kind of moldable clay guys. I think for someone who was drafted 24th, I think he was 24th and Garuba was 23rd. I can't remember which, but I, I think he there definitely is talent there. And but it, him, Easy, some of these guys, we'll talk about a couple of the other ones like Knicks, uh, Ty Ty Washington. Like they're gonna already have a lot of mouths to feed. Like it's gonna be sink or swim fighting with other young guys in this rotation, and not everyone is gonna get to be in the exact role. Necessarily that they would want to be in but i do think christopher has some talent he could also maybe be someone i might try to acquire as another team if you know he's not right at the top of houston's plans so just not sure what's gonna happen with him but i, th- I think there is talent there i, I uh, agree you know. uh, let's, let's go to ty ty washington i i thought you know he had this challenging year with yeah or Kentucky. second half of the year probably more second half of the year more Kentucky. accurately where he was dealing with injury and fell to the 29th pick and so i had you know uh, there had been a point where i thought we might end up scouting him but then fell and, and everything that happened and my first thought you know I, I watched watched him play for that first it was a first stretch in the first quarter of their game and it's like this guy's an NBA player like that it, it was you know yeah. positional size good handle you know jump shot still somewhat of a work in yeah. progress I, I but, thought for for a freshman point guard it looked pretty good like he was taking yeah. shots when the defense went under uh I liked the way he attacked closeouts both either as a shooter or a driver uh, it, it had some nice moves nice footwork 
off the catch against a rotating defense so yeah I I think like his skill level to me was very nice for a a guy you know drafted 29th um you know not an elite athlete but yeah I I agree with you I mean the first just seeing him in that first game you're like this guy just looks comfortable running an offense and he's got the skill level to you know maybe not be an elite score but to do some nice things on the I don't know from that limited sample I think it's probably going to take at least the first half of this year of whether I think that Washington is going to be like a rotation point guard, like eventually, or potentially a a starter. I don't necessarily see like that top 15 type of upside in the very, very limited sample that we had. That's okay. He's still good 29th overall. If he's a rotation point guard, that that would be totally fine. And I think he, I think, and I think he's someone who could be, you know, the 20th best point guard. Absolutely. Someday. Yeah. 20th, I think is doable. 10th would be, you know, there are a lot of really, really good players. He doesn't, I mean, he would have to become like an unbelievable shooter, which actually is not totally out of the realm of possibility to me. It's not. To, that's the only way I think he could yeah. get there because he, you know, he's he's an average athlete at, at point guard. Right, and and with Washington, the, I mean, we should we talked about positional size, but just to work people through, do you have his wingspan? So he's like six three, six four, about two hundred pounds. Uh, I do not have it at home. I'm no, seeing six, it at like 6'8". Six, six, eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good, right? 6'8", six, six, wingspan. So that's totally good size. It's just, you know, he doesn't have a lot of burst finishing at the basket. Like he's able to get penetration, but that's more off a of skill level and moves. But, you know, especially if you're talking about a backup point guard, like he can get his penetration by using this thing called a screen. He doesn't actually <laughs> have to blow by. What? And, uh, and I really liked Washington. Really liked. I, I appreciated Washington's feel. I don't think it's elite, but I do think that it's good enough to, to to do what he needs it to do in the NBA, you know, like cutters, um, had some good passes within the flow of the offense in transition and in the half court. And so he, yeah. I think he can find he can find open guys when it's created. And Houston should have a spaced floor pretty often, both in their starting and backup units, depending on how Silas runs this rotation. So Washington should have some room to operate. Yeah, and I just think his feel for the game and just understanding really stood out and just having an awareness where everyone was on the floor. Every once in a while, he'd overpenetrate and could get messed up by a shot blocker. Uh, you know, he had some pretty nice passes passes to cutters with guys flashing open under the rim he did a nice job of poking the pushing the pace uh when he's not on the ball and he gets swung to him he makes quick decisions keeps the ball moving i thought the one play that kind of summed up to me his understanding was again in the okc game runs a pick and roll chet holmgren switches onto him up top and a lot of young guards would be like oh yeah seven footer all right i'm gonna attack this guy instead as soon as chet switches onto him he backs up gets chet away from the rim and then he threw it i think it was to christopher on the right wing christopher didn't even have an advantage at the time but he just knew all right now that i've got chet holmgren their rim protector on me away from the basket if i throw it to christopher here and he attacks quickly like chet won't be able to get back into position and he'll be able to attack the room that's exactly what happened like those are just kind of the field play is just an understanding that you wouldn't see with guys his age so i think he's going to be a player uh, you know defense is probably going to be around average for his position i would guess and it's just a question of how efficient he's able to be because he's probably not going to be a big guy getting to the foul line or finishing at the rim so he's going to need to hit threes probably going to be a below average true shooting player but someone who does the other things pretty well offensively so i i, I liked him a lot for the 29th pick last guy i think we need to talk about with the rockets is station nicks nicks who played on the g league ignite and then went undrafted ended up getting a two-way and then a fully guaranteed contract with the rockets for the coming season and i've been a believer in his basically the whole time not as a like future star, as a capable rotation player. And I think Nick's bolstered that concept 
He's about six five, listed six five two twenty five, bigger dude, but he has good feel, and he made about a third of his threes in the G League this year. Was nine for twenty on threes in summer league. Yeah, though I it thought cons- it looked particularly as a spot up guy. I thought he looked worlds better than what we saw from him. <laughs> you know, really the last time I looked yeah. at him extensively, which was with the G League Ignite two years ago. Yeah. It is concerning that next he was nine of twenty on threes and ten of twenty two on free throws. That's below fifty percent. Not. Yeah. Not necessarily great there, but but he's getting to the line a a fair amount, right? Getting that's what kind of stood out to me is just that he, you know, he doesn't have blinding quickness, but he's able to use his good handle and strength to get to spots, get fouled. Like he he was able to get. He looked like he'd really improve his athleticism. Like he was getting penetration very nicely. I thought he was. Sorry, what were were you going to say? Well, and I was going to say he was getting penetration, but we also we only saw it in little glimpses. He's looking more athletic than he did on the ignite. Popped in for this wild tip dunk which i didn't know he had that in him and that was extremely encouraging and so nicks you know like, that was in the second quarter of the magic game i wouldn't put more of my eggs in the knicks basket than the tai tai washington basket and it's a very weird thing for houston where i don't think they have a starting point guard but i think they have two interesting young backup point guards that'll resolve in time it's it's not a huge problem to have right now both those guys are on guaranteed contracts for this for this year not a problem at all so I like Nick's I and he like you mentioned with Josh Christopher someone who could be on the outside looking in and if I were another team like for example like we've seen Aaron Holiday and a bunch of these other guys like get get opportunities I would I would personally rather give that to Nick's than Holiday yeah and I think also the ability to get over screens defensively now with his strength maybe he could kind of have some Eric Gordon like switchability at some point although he's not that level athlete the way Gordon was when he was younger by the way um, Eric Gordon yeah. still on the Rockets yeah, yeah. and uh Aaron Gordon E-R-O-N his brother was on their their summer league team so uh, the one thing i'll say is i wasn't wowed by nix's passing at least in this summer league you know i thought it was more kind of adequate whereas with ty ty actually i thought he did make some wild passes i didn't see that as much from nick agreed anyone else on the rockets you want to discuss well usman garuba sprained his ankle <sighs> in this summer league that was that was a disappointment to me i mean he's had a number of he had a pretty severe ankle injury last year if memory serves as well during the season and he just really needs some experience particularly on the offensive end just catching passes finding ways to finish around the basket because there definitely is something there defensively but as a rookie in his limited time and he couldn't make shots and he's not explosive enough or enough feel to finish around the basket so he's got to find a place to be on offense and if he can do that then I, I think you know he could be an impact defender Let's finish up for today because we got some pretty dense teams here with the Indiana Pacers and Ben Matherin, who had one of the best summer leagues by anybody. 19.3 points, four rebounds, about an assist and a steal, assist and a half, a steal and a half per game. And if you want it from the efficiency numbers, Matherin, 60% true shooting on 30 usage. That is really impressive. And remember how Matherin, when we did the profile, that he went from being a low usage but efficient player at Arizona his freshman year to a higher usage and still pretty efficient player his second year. And we all thought this was going to be at times an overstuffed 
Pacers summer league team. It ended up being that Duarte only played in one game and Aaron Neesmith didn't end up getting to play in their first couple because the Brogdon trade got delayed due to a physical. So Matherin had more studio space to explore. I thought he did an impressive job in his three games. And I mean, the the basic for me was that I lo- I liked the balance and the mechanics of his jump shot. And that was that was solid again. Five of 13, that's 39%. Got to the line. But the two-point game and getting to the line, those were both better than I anticipated. Yeah, I think what was most encouraging for me about Matherin's summer league was his ability to attack off the dribble, both in pick and run, also in isolation. I thought he was pretty effective. He hit a couple of tough step back threes in isolation. I thought that his footwork off the catch in triple threat, his jab steps, go left, go right, that looked really good. He was able to get separation and get into the lane there. Had some pretty acrobatic finishes. I don't think he had any like big, big dunks like he did on occasion at Arizona. And you mentioned how he was able to get downhill get to the foul line a lot in this setting every once in a while he'd kind of take off without a plan and have to throw up a wild reverse that wasn't very close but and when you consider his footwork look comfortable handling and pick and roll you know not you mentioned he had three assists in the in, in three games so it's not like he was exactly setting up his teammates but i think just the ease with which he was able to get penetration the way he knocked down his jump shot looked very comfortable from the nba line uh what else you got on him I mean, the most used possession type for Matherin was pick and roll ball handler. And if you include assists, 1.2 points per possession on those 18 possessions. I mean, it's a small sample size, still very positive. And you looked more comfortable there. And I don't think the Pacers are going to use Matherin a ton in that responsibility. Now, they do have more shot creation opportunities with Malcolm Brogdon in Boston. It's still going to be Tyrese Halliburton show primarily. And Duarte maybe can do a little bit there as well. I liked the signs from him. I was less impressed with Matherin's defense. I thought that he kind of, it, it didn't it didn't stick out as a positive. It rarely does in Summer League. And that kind of ties in with what I saw in the film with him from Arizona, where he has the capability, but doesn't, you don't feel him possession by possession. Had to do a lot offensively, not saying he'll always be a bad defender, but I would have loved to for that to pop at least a little bit. Yeah, I thought he at least was willing to bat sure most of the time like if he got stuck against a big on a late switch or something he would try to get his butt into him box out deny him post position uh i thought getting over screens on the ball he was okay he could definitely get lost off the ball i i feel you on that for sure you know he definitely looks like a two out there he does not look to me like someone who's going to be able to guard larger players in the way this pacers team is built right now they have a bunch of twos they really don't have anybody at three at all but i think the way he looked in this summer league like he looks like a pretty good pick at number six I mean we didn't see Shaden Sharp at all I was I thought that the Pacers should have gone with Sharp but I also really thought Matherin would be pretty good I think I had him actually ahead of Jaden Ivey on my board both those guys played really well so I'm not like declaring victory on that or either way but I I thought he just looked really really good and solid like I think he can be you know just a solid scoring two guard who is totally adequate defensively it could put up 20 points game maybe you can could do so efficiently score at some different levels you know he didn't really show much mid-range game or floater game that was something that was a big that was missing for him at Arizona but he didn't need to he was getting all the way to the rim or getting fouled uh once he got inside the arc most of the way so yeah look I mean you can't 
ask anything more from him no. again in this summer league. I mean, he had a 31 PR. The next most important pacer was Chris Duarte. It, you know, he only played in one game at 16 and four. I thought he looked totally, totally fine. Remember Duarte is 25 already. And so he didn't have much to prove and I thought he looked good. Yeah, it was, he, he was pretty efficient last year's summer league. He was uh, efficient in his one game. This time got to the foul line quite a bit. He, he does, there's not much he could do to prove anything uh, in this setting, particularly being 25. I would disagree with you, however. I actually would say that Isaiah Jackson is a more important pacer okay. than, than Chris Duarte uh, in terms of their long-term future. Um, and it was a different summer league for Jackson than it was a year ago. A year ago, he was really exploring the studio space offensively, had a usage in the high 20s and was doing he took more threes last year than he took this year he only took two this year i think in what did he play three games three games and made one of them you know i think he's capable of shooting out there but that he was really asked to be more like james wiseman with golden state he was asked to do more of the role that he's going to do and i thought defensively there are always going to be concerns i think about the strength for jackson and it just generally becomes a lot easier if he can play center and he may not be able to do that in all matchups over the course of his career he's, he's kind of nick claxton is kind of his comp but i would actually say that jackson has more ball skills on the offensive end might even be a little bit better of a leaper and i thought that basically every aspect of defense looked good he had i think it was 10 blocks in those three games and they came in a lot of different ways the one that probably most impressed me you know he's been talked about as a switchability that's another comparison point with claxton and he certainly can do that reasonably well but in a conventional pick and roll defense he did a good job not letting the big get behind him on the roll while still kind of staying engaged with the ball hand and then the ball handler went up for a layup and jackson didn't react until the guy went up for the layup and was able to get off of the big who he was preventing the pass to and get the block on him he had a couple of blocks closing out on three-point shooters had a couple on the ball when guys foolishly tried to take him one-on-one so it was a, a nice variation in the way that he was able to affect things defensively so that, that's probably what stood out the most for me and then on offense it was just a bunch of big dunks he hit with that one three only taking two struggled a little bit to finish around the rim on non-dunks and getting stronger i think can help him there but i thought it was a, a very successful summer league for jackson i agree just so we have it out there six 6'10", about 210 and 7'4 wingspan in that range. So yeah. I, I, it's on the it's on the small side for centers, but it is viable for, you know, the like the non-Embiid Jokic flavor of center, which I think Jackson qualifies as. And I think, you know, we wondered about where Jackson's offensive game would go and yeah, he did take he did take that one catch and three that looked good and that was his only make it all of summer league. He would have both there and went, "Hmm," but it ended up being the one I think of Jackson's offensive game as being more of a five than four. But what's so encouraging about his summer league is that he showed the defensive chops. And so, you know, if I brought this up years ago with John Collins of like, sometimes you can make the choice for yourself by establishing a skill set at one position or the other. And I think Jackson is moving in that direction. The Pacers do still have Miles Turner, but I liked what I saw from him. You mentioned Aaron Neesmith. He did end up playing three games at the end of summer league, although not in the greatest position to succeed, just having to parachute in without even a, what little training camp a lot of these guys get uh this was the second summer league neesmith has played in although it's his, this is his third summer overall he was in that 2020 draft and <clears throat> neesmith even as recently as these playoffs showed a lot athletically made some plays as a defender but just never looked comfortable 
out on the floor you when you say the game needs to slow down for him uh it has not slowed down for him yet uh certainly not at the nba level and you know boston moved on from him in this brogdon trade and certainly that was he was needed as matching salary and you know he wasn't able to scratch in boston's rotation really and unless they were desperate these first two years and the two issues for Neesmith potentially related at the NBA level were just not making shots or he's reputed to be this really good shooter out of Vanderbilt. Everyone was wondering if he could defend and actually he was pretty athletic and defended with a lot of effort, but couldn't make shots. And then just really could not get the game to slow down for him. Just wasn't comfortable. I think put a lot of pressure on himself coming in, knowing that he could just get pulled, missing a couple of shots, having to contribute on a winning team. And I think this summer league was at least a decent first step for him as just getting some reps he's able to do a little bit on ball to just allow him to just get comfortable finally at the nba level and not be just like running around like a chicken with his head cut off out there all the time where he would make some plays every once in a while defensively but he'd foul a ton was rushing his shot etc so and and uh, so we yeah. so we have it out there neesmith 37 percent true shooting true shooting on 26 usage that is that that's in this in the summer league in the three games he played yes yeah because and he wasn't hitting his threes again i mean that's right. that's obviously the sine qua non for him i mean if he doesn't start to make shots then you know he's not gonna have a career like but so we can go to andrew nemhart well, well quick, quickly oh, sorry, go ahead. Up on it. yeah so but i i mean despite those ugly numbers i thought it did look a little bit better for him just doing some stuff on ball off the dribble you know just like playing with a little bit better a pace uh so i, I i'm hopeful that he could be a player like he has some good raw tools and hopefully he can start to make shots and like get out of his own way a little bit and i think if he does that he can still have a decent career i agree i've been higher on neesmith at times than i am right now but you give these players the latitude to make it work and you know so he has a team option that one of those you know rookie scale ones that you decide this year for next year well, for five and they i mean they you know yeah 80 million in cap space exactly or something no but year, I, even right? if like i were even if i were another up. team i would pick that up just to see where neesmith goes over uh, these although next they years. have until they have until i October 31st right. to make that decision so they'll get to see him in camp in the beginning of the I mean, year I mean if he's, he might he's just completely falling apart then you could always just decline the option and then you know bring him back uh they that's what they just did with uh with Jalen Smith interestingly yeah. enough and, and I think that Neesmith will be in their rotation I don't think he's going to start they'll probably just start two two guards and makes what Matherin and either Duarte or Buddy Heald Buddy Heald also may not be on this team we'll have to see where all that goes Kevin Pritchard took Andrew Nemhard out of Gonzaga with the first pick of the second round. He was a four-year player with the Zags. And I'd seen him in person, you know, saw the, that game against USF last year, saw him a little bit in the film on Chet Holmgren. I was surprised that Nemhard went that high in the draft just because the the things that he did well, I didn't think he did high at a high enough level against NBA competition. You know, he can push the ball in transition, but he's not like an elite passer or an elite shooter. And I think that Summer League kind of, it, to me, it confirmed that. And it's not definitive. It's his early part of his career and everything like that. But Nemhard turns th- 23 during this, you know, this will be his age 23 season per basketball reference. I wanted, you know, to me, 
if you draft a guy with the first pick of the second round, I wanted to see more than I saw from Nemhard. Yeah, and particularly given his age, we see this, it seems like every year that there's a run on these lower upside type of point guards, late first round, early second, where it's guys that they're maybe project as backups, but they're steady and they can come in. But yeah, like you, I'm just kind of, other than pushing in transition, like hit ahead passes out of that Gonzaga system, I'm not really sure what Nemhard is going to be able to do really well at the NBA level. I'd say he's a below average athlete, 6'3", about a 6'6 wingspan, but is going to struggle to finish at the rim. You know, it devolves into a lot of floaters, but I don't know that like his floater is necessarily a lead or anything like that. His three-pointer, I mean, I think he can make it with time and space okay, but he kind of shoots it out of his stomach, not a lot of versatility to it. I don't, if you're going under on pick and roll, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be making you pay unless he can kind of rework that a little bit and he knows how to make some of the reads but it's really he's kind of like the ultimate guy that you can just play two on two in the pick and roll and you know defensively i don't think he's a smart player but i don't think he has the physical tools to make much of an impact there and so yeah i really didn't see much to love i mean i had more some casual familiarity with him with the gonzaga film that we've watched over the years and actually i think i even saw him on the canadian or, or the world team at the hoop summit years ago uh and i he went to did he go to florida originally and then transferred my memory but in any event he's been around forever he did I, you're right yeah. he was at florida for two years and then the zags for two years and he went he went to montferrat as well yeah so i i was like you i just didn't see a lot to love here other than just kind of general steadiness and hit ahead passing the pacers had another second round pick they took kendall brown somebody who others who watched more college film on were high were higher on brown what, what did they pick him 48th yeah and six foot eight 205 you know the idea of kind of like wing wing defender who if he can hit enough jump shots could be interesting he made 34 percent of them at baylor in his one year there and I, I he had a couple of a couple of flashes had this nice finish where he went i'm trying to remember which big it was um i, I mentioned it in their breakdown somebody we already did Oh, Mark Williams. He kind of went through Mark Williams for an and one. I thought that was nice. And the jump shot, he only took six threes in 105 minutes. You'd like, even up for a low usage guy, you'd like that to be higher. Did get to the line a little bit. So I didn't see anything to like that disqualifying, especially with all the steals that he got. So I, you know, taking a wing in the, taking a wing in the late second, saw some flashes. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Still just turned 19 in May. And I thought there was a fair amount to like here. Six, eight, seven foot wing spam, eight, seven standing reach. So very good size for a three, probably even with his pop athletically could play some small ball four in theory. And that's from a skill level standpoint, at least as a shooter, that's probably where he is right now. Like he'll have to get better as a shooter and you know we'll just have to see on that he was also shot 5 of 11 from the foul line in five games but he does have some ball skills as a dribbler and i think his activity level was very high to me when he would get the ball on the defensive rebound he is capable of pushing in transition he's just looking to run whether on or off the ball at every opportunity which is something that i really liked about him uh i thought he was solid attacking off the dribble against closeouts as well and even can put together a, a couple of combination moves as a dribbler as a finisher around the rim he showed the ability to finish uh, with either hand had some good pop off a of two feet for a, a dunk and the 10 steals was interesting he only averaged to steal a game at baylor in 27 minutes so this wasn't something we saw at the college level and I, I don't think baylor is one of these 
teams where they like artificially suppress their own players steals or anything like that but watching the steals I, I thought most of them you know it wasn't like the JT Thor where he just had eight steals happen to bounce into his hands uh you know he made a few plays in the passing lanes was able to get some quick deflections reacting as people tried to throw passes past him uh and showed some quick pop to intercept passes along the wings and get out on the break so I, I like Braun I mean obviously the jumper will have to come along as it is for all these guys like if he could shoot he would have been a first rounder I, I get that but I think there are some intriguing skill sets there I thought he had good feel as a cutter also and I think he'll be able to maybe do something as a help defender defensively so yeah I, I was impressed by Braun given where he was drafted there were a couple other guys on the Pacers summer league team that could potentially be a part of their present future I mean Terry Taylor got his contract guaranteed he's a force on the offensive glass had 12 offensive rebounds in three games that was actually more than he had defensive rebounds because Taylor's there and he got his contract guaranteed I think he can be a he can be a part of a part of the equation there I don't we have to I mean, there's still so many question marks in Indiana's rotation they still have almost 30 million in cap space after signing Nemhard. so but I, I like I like Taylor I like the energy he plays with I think that it's I'm, I'm happy he has a spot is there a rule that all left-handed power forwards who can't go right to save their lives and are questionable shooters have to wear number 21 like Thaddeus Young JT Thor Terry Taylor uh you know so so he's I'm a little discouraged with Taylor I mean I love how hard he plays he was an undersized four even a, a five in college and he's able to do some things around the rim if you know you're willing to like get out of his way with a another big who can shoot or something like that you know, he, he does he's undersized I think he's about six five but ha, ha, does a nice job of using his body to create space for those left-handed finishes pops off the ground really quickly second jump going after offensive rebounds a very very left-handed player as I mentioned but he only took one three-pointer and I thought actually even the bigger issue than that to me was zero blocks or steals in the entire summer league and, and, he, and even zero or sorry not zero four fouls like you kind of want somebody to be in the mix a little bit more yeah. than that yeah and given the energy level on the offensive end that he showed I mean you know basically the skills that he's showing is ability to finish some around the basket and get some offensive rebounds and at 6-5 that's just you know unless you're Zion Williamson or Charles Barkley you're not going to be able to be effective at that size as an interior player I mean that he's effective in the sense that he can finish around the rim some but you just you need to be able to do some of the other stuff right and if he's not gonna be able to shoot which doesn't seem to be in the offing anytime soon then you really need to be an impact defender and you know we didn't really see much of that uh, for him so you know I think he's he's a guy who's gonna play hard and is a nice story for this group and you know keep him around and he'll boost the intensity level and practice etc etc but hard for me to take him seriously as a guy who can break into a rotation anytime soon given his skill set and the last guy we should talk about is Dwayne Washington Jr. who looked like he was even though he had a non-guaranteed contract looked like he might be able to make the Pacers still could but he had to get what he was waived as a part of the cap clearing to sign Aiton to the immediately matched offer sheet and so Washington could back but he still played he was on their summer league team played about 20 minutes a game 24 usage 43 percent true shooting and his his three-pointer fell reasonably well you know he, he was was the rack of point guard for 
I would say roughly half the season for the Pacers, and it went well. So yeah, I'm yeah, that, and that would be uh, the half of the season when they weren't trying to win games. Sure, sure, but I mean, he did make thirty eight percent taking. Like, like, he can shoot it. You know, he's kind yeah. of combo guard size. He'll bomb them from the outside. I, I think it's something that could be a plus uh, yeah. for him. He, he's very aggressive. Not a great finisher inside. We actually did a workup on him on the fifteen and sixty. That was showing how we're how, how desperate we were for Pacers content by the end. Of yeah, the once game. once like Duarte and all these other guys were not playing the rest of the season you know, we we got we got to Dwayne Washington so I, I think the Pacers, you know, it's a kind of a statement of, of where they are that I think they have more players than I'm excited about in the backcourt, so they don't need to necessarily go in that direction. Incidentally, I don't know that Andrew Nembhard is in that group, but with the equity that he has as the first pick of the second round. And also, yeah, just as I, a— I mean, I, I actually—I like Dwayne Washington better than Andrew Nembhard. Nembhard actually got, what, the biggest contract ever for a American second-round pick in terms of guaranteed money? Which... I think that might, that might be right. That also might have gone to— um, um, say was it Caleb Houston there were there were I, I think I saw that phrasing oh Kennedy Chandler might have had that too we'll talk well, about yeah, and then the other guys signed afterwards to maybe their agents all worked <laughs> it out to like so they could all just sequentially yeah <laughs> yeah although Caleb Houston is Canadian so he is he's, he did come out of the American system uh anyway yeah I mean I, I think we're you know but uh, obviously given the fact that the cap is going up and the minimum salary is going up if what? you're the number 31 pick this year you should be getting the most <laughs> the most money that <laughs> and, anyone's ever and, and just on the Dwayne Washington front, what will be a challenge for him making, you know, like, because theoretically he could resign with the Pacers. There's nothing preventing that. He just cleared waivers. Is if we count O'Shea Brissett, who's technically not guaranteed, they did pick up that team option. And I mean, I, it's hard for me to imagine that he would be, that Brissett would be lower than Washington in the pecking order. They will have 14 guaranteed contracts and they still have, you know, 29, 30 million in space. So it could go in other directions. Maybe they do a trade that involves sending out more players than they add in. But also, this is a pretty spoken for backcourt, even without Malcolm Brogdon with Halliburton and Duarte and Matherin and TJ McConnell, who should be back this year. Jesus, yeah. And he, Nemhard. He played at the end of last year somehow. We completely yeah, missed that. That's true. So I, I, I think that Washington might get a shot with someone else. But I think the Pacers, as crazy as it is, considering how they ended last year, and I didn't even mention Buddy Heald and some other guys that'll probably end up playing some three. I don't, I don't think, and while I like, like you, I prefer Washington to Nemhard. I don't think he'll be back. Maybe on a two way, if he's cool with well, that. Well, well, good thing we talked about him for, uh, well, no, but I think, I think he's interesting and I think he might get, I think he might get, he might get a shot somewhere else. And I mean, someone who make, who made, I uh, made 38% of his threes last year, taking eight per 36 minutes in for like, as a half season, as a backup point guard, about a thousand minutes. Like it's possible. <laughs> okay. Are we done? Have you completely? Oh, we're not going <laughs> to. We're not going to talk about Benny Boatwright or Gabe York or. <laughs> All right. Well, this is this is fun. We we only got through three teams, but there are three, uh, as I mentioned, very dense teams. And we'll hope to wrap this up. Maybe we'll do it in two pods over the course of this next week or so. But hoping to be done by the end of this week uh, with summer league, and then it's on to off season grades, and then last year's off season regrades, and then it'll be time for team outlooks. Danny, crazy. We're, but I I'm I'm really happy to have a, a real off season this year. It's, it was about that. all right we'll talk to y'all later this week and uh we will of course be on spotify at for the live show six eastern three pacific tuesday so you can join us then as well and if you're not a dunked on prime subscriber i suggest subscribing because the rest of the episodes in which we talk about these summer league guys are going to take place on dunked on prime talk to y'all soon